Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the Wrestling Den. As the faithful Wrestling Den is on, I do apologize for last week. I was very sick, and I've had a couple of deaths um, happen, so I, I wasn't able to do the show. We weren't we weren't able to go, but we are alive today on Thursday to keep it rolling. So um, we're your premier source of, for all things wrestling, of course. Uh, and what we're going to be talking about, past, present, and future today, uh, is one of the, the greatest things to to happen in the last. Um, week, which was Money in the Bank 2021, which was a step up from Hell in a Cell. So I'm actually excited to talk about this pay-per-view. I didn't think I would be because of Pat McAfee, but I am, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So this is going to be a, a good conversation, I think, because there's actually some good things that happened on this pay-per-view, uh, and we'll get right into it. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, um, Nick and Kenny. They can introduce themselves. There you go. And we'll get going. Well, I got to save all my word count for when we start talking about wrestling, right? Oh, oh. where'd everybody go? Where'd everybody go? Oh, there he is. Go for it, Rick. I can't hear you. Yeah, it's going to be annoying. Anyways, so one of the things that did happen before we, we get into it is I do want to pay my respects to Paul Orndorff, who did pass away last week. So we were going to talk about it, unfortunately, because we did not have the show. We weren't able to do so. So paying respects to Paul Orndorff. If I if I had a 10, 10 bell count queued up, I would have used it, but unfortunately, I do not. So... Um, but that doesn't take away any significance for Paul Orndorff. If you don't know who he is, um, dude was a great wrestler. A lot of people, uh, he was a heel by any means, so a lot of people did not like him as a character, but the guy was actually a really great father, and um, his son did uh, tweet out uh, that, you know, much people, not many people liked his father because of him being a heel, but he taught him everything he knew, and he was probably one of the most selfless people Believe it or not, one of the most selfless people to exist on this planet. So, uh, God rest his soul, Paul Ornadoff. Uh, that was a great legend that we had lost last week. So, right, um, right. Mo- moving on into the Money in the Bank 2021. So, I actually thought it was going to kick off at 6:30 and do like a pre-show. Then um, it actually kicked off at seven o'clock. So, I don't know if you if you have Peacock and you tuned in, but if you did when I did, I had issues. Right off the bat, uh, it would basically kick me out, and then it, because I'm using my PlayStation app, uh, it would give me an error code. So I had to wait till exactly seven o'clock to go in, and then uh, we started off with the pre-show, which was Rey Mysterio and Dominic versus the Usos for the tag team championships. And I don't know if you've been following, but they had a storyline basically where uh, the Usos, uh, well, I guess so. Rey Mysterio and Dominic were tag team champions. 
uh, and the Usos were going after the belts. So they had a storyline focused around that, and obviously the head of the table with Roman Reigns. Right, right. And everybody that is here, thank you for joining us, by the way. Definitely. Always a pleasure to entertain. Um, as far as the Usos and Dominic and Rey Mysterio go, I mean, Ray's always entertaining and Dominic's, you know, coming up as well. And then the Usos are, you know, according to that list we were going over two weeks ago, you know, one of the greatest WWE tag teams of all time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're way high up on that list, the the Mysterios, which they, they did this. No, I, meant, I meant the Usos, not the Mysterios. <laughs> we haven't gotten to them yet. That's the sad part. Aren't they like number three or four or something like that? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure they'll be ranked up there pretty high because it's a WWE-centric list. So, All I know and, is that. I don't know and, what the mysterious that's, <laughs> that's not to diminish their accomplishments or anything like that. I'm just It just cracks me up that they're, that they're just so quick to be like, oh, yeah, New Day is the greatest thing. Spoiler, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and you got anything to, to, to add to that and what you saw with that match? I, I think Money in the Bank was great, yeah. I mean, the first match was was great. I mean, it was just it's it's been a good week for WWE. It's just been a great week for WWE. I I got excited when Vince came out and said hello, and he was going out there for two minutes. Are you talking? Uh, are you talking? talking on uh... We can get is what we can get. Right, right. So, Rick, mm-hmm. with um, you know, with you know, with the crowd, the first pay per view back with the crowd, I think they were really trying to um, come step back into things, get back into a rhythm with a bang, and I and I really do think uh, it was a much higher quality pay per view uh, than Hell in the Cell. Like you said, honestly, uh, what's funny about it is uh, I had spoke to you, you know, yesterday about this is it just felt like they, everyone was kind of going through the motions and spinning their wheels until the crowd came back, which is the lifeblood of the product anyway, you know, and if you're not performing and, and the Thunderdome is what it is, but without that organic feel in front of that crowd, it just seems like they, they put a lot of things on hold and, and it, the reason it was received much better than hell in the cell was because there's a crowd there and we can feed off of the crowd as much as the wrestlers can. You could tell all the wrestlers were really amped up. Um, you don't have and, to put in a, a basically a cue, a, a, an audience of your own and, and make pretend mm-hmm. because I feel like that was one thing that was what WWE had to do in the meantime was go back to these, these audio tracks that they had saved in their back pocket for real events. When Roman Reigns was, you know, winning, they needed a fake audience chair. So, that actually helped them out in that long run to have those things already queued up for those those situations. They had to use those though because I, if you remember early on and during COVID, it was just very quiet. They didn't even have the fake audio chair, so it was just very awkward to watch and listen to, and almost unbearable to the point where it, it almost seemed like it wasn't even worth doing. But then once they did that, they got into a groove. I think they actually probably still. I think they still used some of the fake audio tracks during Money in the Bank for certain, obviously certain moments, certain people that probably wouldn't be cheered as much as they think they are. Right, right. I know what you're saying. 
Um, but I, I honestly think that a lot of it was organic this time. It didn't feel superimposed. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of faces on a screen. I felt like so, um, with the pay-per-view too, like Hell in a Cell, again, I'm watching and, and, and keeping in mind that Hell in a Cell was supposed to be about the cell, which it really was not. Uh, Money in the Bank actually had more focus. I mean, obviously not every match is going to be going for the briefcase on top of a ladder, but for the two that they had done, um, like I think it was they did the pre-show match and then did they kick it off with the women's match? Did they did they kick it off with the women's money in the bank? I'll try to remember if there's a match before that or not. Oh, let me pull it up here. I don't quite remember. I'm I'm all stuck on the you know the ending and and all that. That's what I'm excited to talk about. I, I'm stuck on I'm stuck on the fact <laughs> that we have live people right now watching us. What up, everybody? How we doing? This is this is unheard of to see uh, to see a chat going crazy right. right now. Yeah, this is good. Oh, thank you, OG. I am Macho Man Ricky Savage here. It's not just the looks. I am the world heavyweight champion, by the way. This guy gets it. He understands greatness when you see it. Yeah, it says the women's money in the bank was next. It was. So it was after the pre-show match. It it was like Mm -hmm. the official kickoff. So I actually, I didn't mind the match itself. Uh, I I think one of the coolest spots that, that was, um, that stood out was when uh, Liv had actually, uh, Liv Morgan had ran up the ladder when uh, Tamina was setting it. Like she didn't even have it open yet. She just picked it up and then Liv like kind of jumped on it and ran up the ladder. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that was one of the big moments for me. Also, I guess she got power bombed by, um, who, who, who power bombed her? I'm trying to remember. She jumped off the top and was it Naomi? I think it was Naomi. She got her and she power bombed her onto somebody else on the ladder that was set. Hmm. It was horizontal in the, in the turnbuckle. And they said that was like did one they, of the greatest spots. <laughs> did they, did they do the, the, um, obvious, Every year that they do it, spot where they slam someone through a ladder, and it's obvious that it's made of wood in the middle. And it's just so I didn't see so that much. though. I didn't see that. I, I didn't get to see it this year. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, if you didn't see one, I'm glad they moved away from it. <laughs> uh, I actually, honestly, interesting tidbit. I, so I did watch. I was telling you yesterday. I watched the Broken Skull podcast with Chris Jericho. I wanted to go back and watch that one because I thought it was interesting that they had an AEW star and how they were able to go about doing that. And I never got to watch it, so I wanted to go and watch it. So uh, I watched that with Stone Cold. And, you know, it was actually pretty easy for him to get the, the AOK from Vince. He thought he was going to have a hard time, but not to derail the conversation. But they did talk about in that um, the Shawn Michaels match that they had back in 2008 uh, when not- Chris didn't have anything going on, Shawn didn't have anything going on. And they were basically like, well, why just stop here at doing the first you know, the first whole part where he smashed his face into the, the highlight rail and then they did that match. They like, why stop there when we can we can drag this bad boy out? So that's when they ended up going further and Chris Jericho won the, the world title at the scramble and then they had a ladder match for the world title where they which was one of the coolest things was uh Jericho and Sean were fighting at the top and holding on to the strap and basically kind of like teetering back and forth before you know Jericho got the strap and won. But one of the biggest things was uh Jericho had trapped Sean underneath the ladder. What's going on? How's everybody I'm just doing? Waving at everybody to the, to, to the, the crowd. crowd. Yeah, you know this is this is unheard of. Thank yeah, you, Rick. Don't forget. Don't forget to squeeze in there the part where um, you know, go Chris follow Jericho us on the. No, no, no. The part where Chris Jericho punches Shawn Michaels' wife in the face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what what kicked off that that whole thing was uh, Jericho actually got the best of 
of Sean because when he turned heel, one of the biggest things was after he smashed Sean's face into the highlight reel, um, it became the the opening for Jericho to basically take advantage of Sean every time he came out. Like when he wanted to fight, he would just punch him right in the eye, and then the dude would go down bleeding, and, and ah, I'm I'm hurt. But one of the things he did was he tried to do that to him one night when Sean was, was quote-unquote, retiring because of his, his uh, injury. And Sean gets in front of his wife. There's, like, this moment that they have between him and Jericho. And then Jericho cocks the fist back, swings, and Sean ducks it. And it, it hits it right in, like it hits his wife right in the kisser, dude. And she goes down, and she just has to play dead. Oh, right, right. Yep. And that, that to me, it gets because he didn't pull his punch correctly either and just blasted her. And he thought it was going to be a lot of heat about that too, but it, it ended up being, you know, he had to blur the line between real and the but I mean, that, anyway. That whole so. thing has been done like a million times. Like somebody's spouse gets, you know, in the way, dude, it's, it's been done all the way since Miss Liz, dude. Like that was kind of the thing mm-hmm. was Miss Liz kind of kicked it off. But like, that was like one of the recurring things, even like Alexa Bliss, somebody who was relevant for money in the bank. Might as well bring that up. You know, I, what was it? They had, um, she had gotten attacked. Uh, AJ Lee had gotten attacked before. They, it's just been a, one of the things that they just do. They, and it's been time and time again proven to be one of those things. It's like it's supposed to motivate the other superstar. You know, my wife got hit. Oh, no, she's not okay. But it's it's right, right. bringing me out. But I think actually uh, Jericho still ended up getting the best of Sean for that. And then at the at the overall end, got the best of him for the World Heavyweight title. So, well, I wanted to point out that, like a storyline, like what you had mentioned to me yesterday, um, was uh, what kind of glo- well, let's skip ahead to this Bobby Lashley. Kofi well, hold on, thing. before we do, before we do, so there's a whole point yeah. to that whole thing. Let me just let me Go just ahead. throw that in sure. there. Chris Jericho had lock shot underneath the ladder, that's what I was getting at to bring this back to the women's match. Chris Jericho had uh, one of the spots was Sean was underneath the ladder. Chris drags the ladder over him, and then he goes over to where Sean is, climbs up, so that way Sean is stuck there underneath the ladder, underneath the bottom rung, and Chris is trying right, to get the right. title. Then Sean uses the foot and sends him soaring with the ladder. So they had actually done that spot in Money in the Bank, and they've done it a million times. And and, and what was interesting was that I guess Jericho actually invented that spot, and I didn't know that. Oh, gotcha, yeah. So oh, that was cool. the big thing is that every time that you watch a Money in the Bank or any kind of ladder match and you see that spot, just tip your hat to Chris Jericho because apparently Chris Jericho was the innovator who came up with that original spot with Shawn Michaels, and they've used it ever since in almost every ladder match that I've seen. So there you go. So, so j- j- I just want to answer this question in the chat here before we jump into this Lashley point from earlier. Is um, Punk actually signing they, with they, AEW? No, here's, here's what I genuinely feel. If he does sign – with AEW, I'll be surprised because they've been talking for what is it now, eight years about when and where CM Punk's going to come back. So I'll I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll see it when I believe it, or whatever the heck. Okay, because until then, uh, it's it's all just rumors and innuendo. I feel like they they don't really have a grip on that though. They, there's no CM Punk hasn't had anything to come back for. You know, there's not really anything left for him to do. In my opinion, that. I mean, yeah, he could go to AEW and he could do things there, but his big, his big center, like the centerfold around CM Punk, was um, he had an establishment to fight. That's what made Summer Punk so beautiful. That's why everything was so red hot. Is because CM Punk had an establishment to fight. You know, he was the anti-hero. Here's the guy who's got something to say. You want to hear what he's got to say? You know, he mm. he takes out, he goes off 
along his way, and he does his own thing. By the way, last week uh, was actually when he had gotten fired. It was the anniversary of when he had gotten fired. Something we were going right, to talk on, about. Right, on his wedding day. So that's how he's called that. So it's like now, uh, JT Heat says in the chat here, do you skeptical, skeptical about anything punk, punk, punk ever? And the truth is, like, that's exactly my point as well. It's like the, he, he's such a polarizing figure that they're just like, Oh yeah, he's coming here. He's coming there. Like and yeah, he what? Remember what was that event he went to in Chicago, uh, just to do that interview? And they were oh thinking, my God. oh, they, he's they gonna, all lost their minds he, too. No, they they were thinking he was going to show up at that AEW pay per view. And um, I think the only thing that actually did happen, you've ever seen that thing um, where he was like in a mask and in like a sweater. And he like did a run in and like some local show. Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot so what the local show was, but <laughs> right. But that's <laughs> gonna like be the basic. extent. That's gonna be the extent of his, you know, participation in wrestling. <laughs> I think. Like he's got. Like you said, if he if he feels he's got anything to prove, if the money's right, if the story right, which I think is more important to him, he's he got paid. You know, if the story's right, he'll come in. And and I think they have to give him complete, uh, you know, creative control. I'd be surprised to see him on AEW. Because I know he wants to be taken seriously as an entity. And, you know, sometimes what goes on in that show isn't necessarily the most serious stuff. Yeah, I think. But so let me ask you something. Speaking of AEW, do you think mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've been they've been talking about as far as like uh, Dan O'Brien, um, you know, maybe his last match in WWE was with Roman. And if it was, you know, that's showing that he's got that much faith in Roman, which don't get me wrong. Uh, Roman is not by any means a great wrestler to me, like uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But in terms of a wrestler to kind of put over um, at this point, it is a standard default that, you know, for Daniel Bryan to end his match with Roman uh, for mm-hmm. WWE, it's it's not a bad way for him to go out. And it's not a bad way for Roman to take that and, and roll with it because he will, you know, and he'll capitalize on it and uh, it'll make him look for as far as his championship reign, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it'll give him some leverage. So I feel like that's something I could see happening more then CM Punk joining AEW that's more realistic is mm-hmm. I could see I Brian Danielson joining yeah. AEW. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And when I saw the reports, I thank went, you, Zombie, uh, by the way. I appreciate that. Right. We appreciate we that. We appreciate you guys. And so with uh with Brian Danielson, and we can start calling him Brian Danielson again if he signs with AEW. That would be that would be great. That would be optimal if we could. And to me, it's just a fact that when I read when I read the Brian Danielson part of it, I went, okay, I could see that. And when they're like, oh, it's going to be Punk too, I went, mm, uh, I, I know everyone's riding the high from per- potentially da- Brian Danielson going to AEW, but look, we would all know, love to have CM Punk. Okay, no, here's like the a thing, dream though. world that we would imagine, all love to okay, have CM you're, Punk. In, you're in Brian, AEW. you're Brian Danielson, right? And you're like, oh, I'm going to be the big new signing at AEW. I'm going to come in. And I'm going to work with these guys. I'm going to work with Cody. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden, you see these reports like CM Punk. And you're like, that mother, like, <laughs> like. Can you imagine though if they both debuted? That would that? be crazy. Can you imagine that? Like, what if, what if Brian Danielson like was to do his debut, but then he gets attacked by CM Punk? That is something that would have never been. That I would have never seen, never been done. The only thing I could think of close to that, having two superstars from like WWE come in at the same time, is obviously Nash and Hall. But instead of working together, having Brian Danielson come in and then having CM Punk steal that thunder, can you imagine that? Like, oh, there's the amount a of heat there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my and god. And they and they'd have to run with each other for a while because you gotta you gotta protect Kenny Omega because you can't if you put either one of those guys in there, they're instantly bigger stars than him. <laughs> like and, and, and that's nothing against Kenny. I know people love Kenny Omega, but like 
the moment Brian Danielson or CM Punk hits the screen, they're automatic, like, can't watch. You know what I mean? Like, as far as his title reign goes. And, and so they need to protect him. So they would need to have something big for Brian Danielson to do. And him versus CM Punk would be a, a really big deal. So, I mean, I could see it, but I, time will tell. I will tune in if I either one of those guys actually signs and is is there. I'll watch. And to me, that's the point of, of making a big signing like that is to get a guy who, um, you know, is going to turn over some of these uh, WWE-centric viewers. You, know, you got to get them watching AEW. So, Rick, um, just to breeze through here, let's, let's get uh, back to the money in the bank real quick so we can fix. And, and I will here. say, I will say I do agree with my, my boy uh, – Jesse over there about all out would be the opportune moment. And so, Hey, look, you got some AEW. So guys, if, since you're just tuning in now, we, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you want to follow us for more content, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at wrestling, Den TM, and you can follow us on Facebook at the wrestling, Den. you know, keep track with all the cool stuff that I like to post. Cause I like to post macho man stuff. <laughs> Cause I, I am the world heavyweight champion, by the way. Show me in, Ricky Savage. Yeah, I've, de- Nick- I've decided I'm I'm no selling every time you mention the title. All I know is Nick, you might have a chance this week because this is so far has been a, a great debate. Even though we we kind of like, except kinda, we, like it's not around, really but, a debate if we if we agree on everything. Yeah, this guy's kind of <laughs> wait. Well, we did do uh, fifty to twenty five of the greatest tag teams two weeks ago. So are we forming an alliance? Is this is this happening right now? Are we becoming a tag team? We could we, we could be the the two man power trip. What up, Papa Nick? Apparently, you're not the only Nick. Nick, there's a Papa Nick in here as well. Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick. There's a bunch of Nicks, a bunch of a bunch of fans. Uh, you know, glad everybody came out to watch the stream here, and let's let's give them some more content. Let's give so, them Rick, some more your, content. Your point to the Bobby Lashley and Kofi Kingston feud was you, you were pointing out to me that you thought Kofi Kingston, you know, would have had a better chance and may have walked oh, away you- with the W. You didn't want to talk uh, AJ Styles and Omos. You no, would no, just I want to give credit where credit's due about okay. the great point you made yesterday. And All then right. we can jump, jump back to that as we want. That's, Everyone knows what they get from AJ Styles. So I, I honestly, even those those matches, those were kind of the matches that like we're going to get like a, a 50-50 on when we talk about it. So I go ahead with Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley because that was actually probably one of my favorite matches I watched of Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and again, like you said, everyone was worried that it was going to be, you know, another squash, uh, you know, like the Brock Lesnar over Kofi Kingston for the title a while back. And and I think that um, you, you said, like, it made more sense storyline wise because Bobby Lashley was hanging out with the girls. He was being passive to an extent. And then Kofi told him, you know, that he was soft. And the, the New Day won both times over them, which, by the way, those right, right. attires that they wore, the Green Ranger and the White Ranger attires. They made the perfect like sense for Money in the Bank too color scheme, and they didn't even, like Kofi didn't wear it. He wore like some, I think it was like a purple Power Rangers for like 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 Wild Force or some. I don't even know what it was. All I know is I, that I didn't watch anything past Turbo. So, so the like the last two weeks, uh, I think it was Raw, like the last two Raws. So the first one, like Kofi had won over Bobby Lashley, and then the second time it was um, Xavier Woods going against Bobby Lashley, and he pulled out a pin and won, and then that's when Kofi called Bobby Lashley soft. And I think at that point, we would have had a different narrative had Kofi not said anything. I think going into the pay-per-view, Bobby wouldn't have had that 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 passion that, that Kofi gave to him. So basically, it, you know, Bobby wouldn't have a leg to stand on going into the pay-per-view. So had this match played out like this, 
after mm-hmm. Kofi doing all that, then it would have looked like the Brock Lesnar situation. But because Kofi made that little extra remark about how he went soft, which was obvious for the storyline to do, and it was the greatest thing to do because the match that we got, which looked like a squash match, now all falls on shoulder, uh, Kofi's shoulders. You know, because had he not said that, he would not have motivated the champ, and the champ would have stepped up to just dominate him, which is what right, the right. almighty Bobby Lashley no, no, does. No, and, it, and it makes Lashley look stronger, you know, to your point. Um, you know, and, and Kofi, it gives him, you know, that mountain to climb as well to get back, you know, and, and find his edges and stuff too. So, um, yeah, I think that was a, a well put together storyline. And again, like I said a couple weeks ago about how can they get back on their feet as far as this stuff goes. Tell sto- cohesive stories, and that's what you need to do and have cohesive storylines that make sense. And if you do that, uh, you know, then then your stars shine brighter. And to me, the story makes sense. You captivate an audience. To me, though, all of those things are very important, and, that, and it feels like they uh, they they did captivate an audience here with Money in the Bank, which is very interesting because was it eleven years ago or ten years ago, uh, almost exactly as far as Money in the Bank goes, is when the landscape changed once before, uh, when CM Punk beat John Cena at Money in the Bank. It was that 2010? 2011. Uh, actually, no, it was 2011 because it's Money in the Bank 2011. I'm pretty damn sure it's 2011 Money in the Bank that he beat okay. Cena. Oh yeah, because okay. uh, actually way, it was 10, 10, it was 11 years ago. It was like three 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 days or four days ago that that actually that was it July. I forget which actual day it was. It uh, if I look at the calendar, I can tell you. I think it was actually, if not July 15th, maybe July 16th when that happened. When gotcha, when gotcha. that match went down. Yeah, um, it's uh. It was 2011. And also, I just want to throw this out here uh, because uh, Joey mentioned it with Bobby, with Oldberg. So don't get me wrong, because with Big E winning the money in the bank, which I'm happy for him, and it was definitely a, a well-deserved moment for him, even though Peacock screwed that up. Um, right, right. <laughs> I, I will say this. Everybody wants to see like the, the whole thing with Lashley and, and 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 Big E? No, you don't. You do not want to see Lashley versus Big E. You want to see Lashley versus Olberg because guess what? You're gonna get Olberg wins, and then we all get that match where Big E gets to face Olberg, dude. That's what we want to see. Ever since those three sat down and did that whole meme where they were talking about like big sweaty meaty men, <laughs> you know, locking up. That was one of the big topics that Big E talked about uh, with the New Day was that you know he wanted to face Olberg, and if if you give it. If you give it this way, I think it's going to work out a lot better in terms of meme quality. Plus, you get everything that you ever wanted that you didn't that, that you didn't know you wanted, which would I just, be Goldberg versus like, Biggie. Yeah, but the thing with with uh, with uh, as you're saying, Goldberg uh, is Goldberg. I, I, I yeah I <laughs> believe that like unfortunately all he can, he's really good for ever since the debacle with Undertaker is like a solid two minutes, okay, two to five minutes tops. You know, so you got to write a story around that concept. And for Lashley to to bully these other guys um, and then, you know, Goldberg to show up and be like, oh, you know, you're next kind of thing. And, and maybe Lashley can turn the tables on him and, and, and maybe Goldberg will actually be next. instead. I mean, Lashley versus Brock, now that Joey's mentioned that, would be a really solid match to watch. But would you really want to watch that? Because I feel like it wouldn't go. The, like, I don't think they would give – Lashley his just do in that match. I feel like if Brock was to come in a match, and this is something that me and Nick were talking about the other day, just about Brock Lesnar, how 
Mm-hmm. Brock actually went from somebody that I didn't want to see on TV to I would take this man coming out right now if it meant mm-hmm. like def- defeating Roman Reigns and taking his title away from no, him. Well, Rick, Rick the, the Brock concept, party button. It's the old Eddie Murphy concept of like if you're starving to death and and someone gives you like a Ritz cracker and that's what, what Brock Lesnar Brock is. Brock Lesnar is. Like, he's the Ritz cracker? Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're starving for, you know, big star power. I can't with his glasses, what, man. No, and that's why – and that's why. I know we're jumping forward a little bit with that with the Cena thing. So to give a little bit of a spoiler there with the John Cena thing, like I told you, the reason the crowd received him the way they they did is, and like Jim Cornette has said in the past, how can we miss you if you won't go away? So suddenly we've missed John Cena because we've seen what the WWE looks like without John Cena. And so nothing against Roman, nothing against Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley or any of these you know top guys right now, but none of them are John Cena. And even then, we used to be like, well, well, John Cena's not The Rock, or John Cena's not Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know. But the truth of the matter is, John Cena was a bigger star than just about anyone they have there. And then the same goes for Brock. And that's why you are like, mm, 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 Brock, mm, mm, thank you for that. But because- it's also because they're not in the title picture. And I think that's a big thing that, you know, obviously being fans of these guys now is because. These guys aren't being shoved down our throats like they were before. There's that breathability that and that room to allow these guys to come back. Like obviously, John Cena got the biggest pop of the night. Nobody's gonna question that. The biggest pop right. of the night went to John Cena, and respectfully so. The man deserves it. He's a workhorse. You can't knock him as much as we'd love to for his, for his amazing work from 2007 all the way to 2011. As much as you'd love to knock that work, the fact that he's not in that picture anymore and he's not basically steamrolling guys that deserve it, you know, seeing guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan get stepped over by this kind of guy, you know, now that you're not seeing that kind of John Cena, he can do whatever he wants and he can't do no wrong, just like Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar was the perfect heel, so I can't even hate on Brock for that, for coming in after, you know, 2005, here comes the pain Brock Lesnar, and coming back and picking up right where he left off. Honestly, it was the best thing for Brock to do that because look how he, you know, as a character – he was dominant in back in 2005, and then coming back, he was dominant again. So honestly, Brock mm-hmm. didn't even do anything wrong, even though we were all like, well, this guy obviously was like B-tier at best in MMA. Uh, in the chat here, they're talking about the concept of heel Cena, and I just wanted to throw this out. I would have loved that. No, no, the closest Cena ever got to being heel, and it really making sense, was that uh, embrace the hate stuff with Kane. And I think that they realized they that when Punk, in the summer of Punk and all that stuff, when Punk was the top face, before they turned him heel, they probably just just should have turned Cena heel. And I think they learned from that. And that's why this time they pulled the trigger on Roman and made him a heel. And as you can see, that paid dividends because the head of the table, Roman Reigns, is far more interesting than the post-Shield version of him that we've ever witnessed. Uh, You know, everyone loved to boo him. And now they, they respect him. As far as Roman Reigns goes, he got he got the he got the itch that he deserved because he's able to be this heel character, and now mm-hmm. now that he doesn't need the people to cheer him, he could be champion, which is one of the biggest things they didn't want on him, and one of the reasons right, why right. people booed him so much. Now he can mm-hmm. be champion without people make, take the bell off of him, and he can be a heel, and he's got Paul Heyman in his corner. Dude, the guy is unstoppable. Right? Like, right. He may have taken off the flak jacket, but his flak jacket is Paul Heyman, the title, and being a heel, dude. <laughs> like, but 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 two years ago, two and a half years ago, did you ever imagine yourself, uh, you know, praising Roman Reigns for his efforts? Because honestly, yes, because it was like, it was it was gonna happen, dude. It was gonna happen eventually. Eventually, and and like I said, though, the, the that John Cena had to crawl 
so Roman Reigns could walk he could here run. because to yeah, yeah, yeah. So he could walk. them not turning Cena heel. No, no, so he could walk. He still hasn't. They still haven't ran. They, they don't have enough fans for to, to use running analogies. So, to me, that the whole thing with Cena turning heel now now it, it's kind of it's a little too late for that. Cena's more of in his uh in his Legend of the West run. Like he he's now. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah, not I know exactly gonna what you're be saying, that but... guy. He's never gonna be the top heel. He's never gonna be a consistent uh figurehead on television. So now it's just like, oh, just let him have it have his, you know, his going away party kind of thing and just let him do his John Cena thing. And and, and if he can give people the rub on, on the way there, like him versus Roman, potentially, you know, uh when he tried to give Roman the rub previously, or Taker tried to give it to him. Or Brock tried to give it to Roman. Everyone was just like, no, we don't like face Roman Reigns. Get this guy off my screen. And now you have a chance to kind of redo that as and if, the, yeah, the head of like, the table like, in Roman. Like if, like, and when Roman eventually does go face, because he will, he's not going to stay heel forever. It's just, it's just something that doesn't – his character is diverse enough to where Roman has gotten better on the microphone, especially during his – even two years ago when he, when he was on the mic with John Cena. He's gotten better on the mic. This heel run is basically going to be the thing that irons him out. So that way, when he does eventually go face, you're going to cheer for him. And that's just because he's developed into no, this character that be, you hold like. On. Hold on, though. It might be like Seth Rollins, though, where Seth is a, a heel. He goes through this cycle. And they cheer for and him. And like, when he's a face, and, yeah, yeah, everybody like, hates him. Yeah, but. Seth Rollins, he's these Monday Night Messiah. He's, he's that's because he's not genuine. I don't think he's genuine when he's a face. It's not who Seth Rollins is to me. Like Seth Rollins has always been. If you look at how the like the Shield like collapsed the first time around, it was Seth Rollins. So for Seth Rollins to be a face and burn it down and come out with the title, I think it's just not natural for him as a face to do it. I think what really is 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 the gas in his tank is being a heel, and that's what makes him. Cheered for right, just, be, just a being a jerk, and he and he's got such a punchable face. No, he's got, he's got such a punchable face, dude. He does, dude. Just like just like Shawn Michaels. If you watch heel Shawn Michaels and he's chewing his gum in in someone's face, and he's like like got that stupid smirk on his face. This is po this is pre back injury. Like when you see Shawn's face, you're just. You're just like I want to punch that guy in his. That's why face. him versus Undertaker <laughs> was the biggest thing, dude. Yeah. In the hell of cell, because at that moment there was nobody that was more hated backstage than Shawn Michaels. So seeing this guy, dude, I can I can only imagine the amount of people that were sitting there watching that match. Like, mm -hmm. all right, dude, he's in the hell of cell. He's locked in there. Like, <laughs> dude, you're gonna get your you're gonna get kicked, dude. It's it was bound Definitely. to happen. No, and, and I, like I said, and there's no better like Shawn needed his ass kicked on that Sunday. And there was no better than the Undertaker, and there and to me there there still is no better ass kicker. If someone needs to take a beat, then Taker's the one to give it to him. So, yo, by the way, can we next week can we book Papa Hooks versus Papa Nick? I I got to see this dude. So many Papas. Yeah, dude, all the Papas. They got, the, they got the X's in there too, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. This I'm is a perfect feud, dude. We, we could have a tag team match next week, dude. Papa Hooks and Papa Nick versus Nick. No, and Rick. no, and and uh, the thing with um. You know, uh, he's saying, "Oh, I was molding my life after Hill Shawn Michaels." Uh, uh, honestly, that what drew what's something that drew me into wrestling too, which is why we should. Shawn, uh, speaking of Shawn Michaels, Rick, should we wish Shawn Michaels a happy birthday? A very happy birthday to Shawn Michaels himself, HBK, because right. it's, today right. is his birthday. He just turned fifty-six. In case you're a wonder, the heartbreak kid, the showstopper, the icon, the main event. Which is funny because I brought up Chris Jericho too. Because Sean, during that storyline, even told Chris, and this was one of the greatest things, and this is what kept pushing that edge for the storyline, 
was that Sean, you know, Chris Jericho was, was upset with the crowd because he was a face. He came back as the code breaker and people were booing him because Shawn Michaels had basically feigned a knee injury against Batista to win the match at, at uh, was it Backlash that they did that at? And then, like, Jericho's, like, you know, calling out Sean for it. Like, and, and basically, like, you know, you, like, you lied to the fans, you lied to Batista, you lied to me. And Sean's just like, I didn't lie to anybody. I told, I told you I would do whatever it takes to win. The only person I technically mm-hmm. lied to was you, Chris Jericho. And, like, that was, like, the whole thing that sparked it off, that Jericho was basically – he was right in what he was saying about Sean. Like, Sean's getting cheered, and he's doing all these, these deceptive things, but the crowd's going to back him. The biggest thing for that, though, was Shawn Michaels was the fact that he said, you're just mad because you're never going to be me. No matter how much you accomplish, no matter right. all the accolades that you get, you will never be Shawn Michaels. He'll be the he'll always be the dime store Shawn Michaels. Right? Yeah, he'll exactly. never even come close to his career. And that was the craziest thing that I, I – dude, that storyline was so nuts. And, and it's just like I know mm. that we're talking money in the bank. No, no, we get- obviously, we, obviously we need to do a week's worth of uh, this feud between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. It was from- so good too. Like, cause it was out of nowhere and it was definitely like a dead zone, like time. Like if mm-hmm. you look at the, the feud in hindsight, neither one of these guys had something going on. And these guys were like, like one of the two top people in, the, in, in 2008, 2007, uh, you know, you obviously had triple H and everybody else's. It was the ruthless mm-hmm. aggression era. But as far as guys, like you didn't have rock and Austin anymore. So this was like, what I was talking about last night, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels kind of stepped up. Triple H said everybody kind of stepped up their game to become that next level guy. So even though there wasn't another Rock Austin, like these are your guys that you were watching. But no, uh, I, I, I was just reacting to the chat. I am still listening to you. But uh, what's what's cracking up? He said he says here fifty six looks rough on your on our boy there. He's talking about Shawn Michaels. Like yeah, I was telling you this last night, Rick. Who who's the one guy in in wrestling history who's undefeated? The one guy. Father oh, the time. One. Father Time is the undefeated wrestler. <laughs> so of, he always goes over. Father, Father Time always goes over. And, you know, these dudes just get old, and all we can do is. I, just, thought, I uh, thought we were going to talk Hulk Hogan for a second. <laughs> no, Hogan loses too. Hogan Hogan does lose. I've seen it before. I've seen his shoulders pinned to the mat by himself, too. So I, I want to bring this up uh, since, we're, since we're there uh, about Shawn Michaels and how he looks. Um, we. So that whole thing with the highlight reel and him sma- getting smashed into the TV screen, mm-hmm. I know that focused around his eye. And if you notice, have you, have you seen Sean and you look at his eye, how it's like it kind of looks like he's got like a lazy eye these days? Do you yeah, think that yeah, happened yeah. from that? Do you think that actually was like kind of one of the side effects? No, no, me? no. His lazy eye thing. Um, There's also that, that time in the late 90s he got in a bar fight, and I think he got like totally crap kicked out of him by like three guys or something. Oh I think yeah, that's what's that's that's from. But it was, it wasn't as bad right. though. It wasn't as bad up until after that point. So maybe it got worse. Is because that definitely that definitely that bar fight was like what basically started it. But I think no. I just want to point something out about about Father Time real quick too. Is um, same thing with Ric Flair. If you if you look at Ric Flair, and Ric Flair looked like Ric Flair in the eighties and the early nineties, and then he's like Ric Flair in the late nineties, and 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 he's still got like the full head of hair and it's it's feathered and it, it looks great. And then he comes in as the GM for Raw or SmackDown, which, whichever one it was. And he it still looks like Rick, like Ric Flair. And then suddenly, seriously, over the course of like two years, when he becomes Evolution Ric Flair, I'm Dude, like, oh my Rick's God. Lo- I'm like, Rick's looking Blown old. <laughs> and no, and then and then like and then I saw him again, you know, and then he gets like closer to his retirement. And I'm just like, ooh, he's looking pretty old. And then I remember seeing him for like the first time in TNA. And I was like, dang, Rick is just looking like the walking dead. And 
it, it's uh, I, I was a bit concerned, yeah, but but then I realized, you know, dudes just get old, and Rick carried himself so well into his fifties and stuff that I guess I just I just considered Ric Flair timeless, and and you know I never thought he was gonna look like that. So to um, you know, Papa Nick's uh point in the chat here too you know maybe you just thought sean was timeless and you never thought he was gonna get old but like it, it just is it just is the way it is. no 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 and to jt heat in the in the chat here too like rick flair yes he always looked old but you like he looks like the crypt keeper at a certain point but no like no, you he, are right though because 2007 wall. gm rick flair he had like the like even like little nage charles like charles robinson's hair he had the shorter haircut the shorter blonde hair, you know, like that you, you remember seeing in like 89 Ric Flair. You know, he had the shorter haircut. Dude was looking great. Like as a GM, it looked like he could take off, you know, he could take off the, the slacks and just start going. He looked great. I mean, obviously he was wearing a shirt, so I, I don't know if we could really judge off of that. Right. No, and what he, was really crappy, what was really crappy about him wearing that shirt too, it was because people in the WCW dressing room were like giving him such a hard time about his body and like – I've seen worse, you know. At least he didn't look like a piece of beef jerky like Hulk Hogan always. Yeah, does. but but if you if you watch Flair, like you, you you can't even knock on the guy even when he took his shirt off and and the, and the boobs are down here and the dudes go, dude, this, the guy knows how to go. He knows what what to do in the ring. He's got his whole set, and you're gonna get the five right. moves out of him. But that's what you're gonna get is you're gonna get entertained because when Ric Flair what was it, uh, who 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 was it that he he did that to Chris Jericho? During the whole Shawn Michaels thing, dude, like he came out and he got in Chris Jericho's face and he started like, you and me in the parking lot, let's go. And then he he walks out and leads Chris Jericho out to the parking lot. And guess who's waiting for him? Triple H. Because the whole mm -hmm, thing was mm -hmm. Shawn after Shawn got right, attacked. Right. And that was the thing. Like at that time, like Ric Flair like was a big integral part of, of just being in WWE, just being a centerpiece. Whether it was Evolution or being the GM, like it was really cool having Ric Flair on TV. But to kind of reel it back, I don't know. We, I want to say like I want to focus on the one thing I want to focus on the most about Money in the Bank was was Edge versus Roman. Um, I think honestly we could kind of sum up. Uh, so obviously with the women's Money in the Bank match. Um, the one thing that happened that nobody expected was Nikki Nikki Cross won, and then she cashed in on Raw the next night and won the title, uh, which is crazy to right, me. Right. That that character, that superhero gimmick that we were talking about, that never never ever gets over, somehow got over. And and you know what? The biggest thing for her, I will say, congratulations. No, it gets over, Rick. It gets over. It gets over, but it just doesn't have a shelf life. How long can a super Jericho does have for his body? Holds, by so the way. Zora, uh, thank you for joining us. Right, by right, the way, right. have a great no, night. no. Jericho looks like Jer Jericho looks like silly putty in the microwave now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, like. It, but again, because Father Time's undefeated, brother. Like, seriously, Father Time is chopping Jericho's chest into fucking mashed potatoes. Sorry, swear jar. That's my first one. Oh man. So <laughs> either way. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it just is. This guy's never so, forget the swear jar. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, it was Jericho's you, body, dude. This is a momentous occasion, everybody, because this is the first time that Nick has dropped a quarter of the swear jar. And if you know me, if you know Macho Man, Ricky Savage, yeah, I'm yeah, going to be the first the one. Madness, the madness took over, dude. The <laughs> and, so. I, and I did, I haven't swore once. This show, so this is this is definitely this is probably the greatest show we've had. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! So to to wrap it up with this with no, with I love Chris Jericho. I love 
Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me reel it back. Let me real quick. I love Chris Jericho. I love the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. However, like the dude is, is just like he's looking like the Ayatollah of the Krispy Kreme donuts. So like it, it just is what it <laughs> the is. Ayatollah, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla became the Ayatollah of Coca Cola, dude. That's what happened. <laughs> Got him, dude. Uh, no, no. It, it, all the love in the world to Chris Jericho, though. In, in all seriousness. And no, but it just goes to show, like I said, though, Father Time just runs. Uh, he wreaks havoc, dude. He's got an undefeated streak like no other. He, he trumps Goldbergs, Oldbergs, whatever. See, Father Time. And it, there's nothing any of us can do about it. We just have to We just have to deal with it. I think um, – I think with Nikki Cross, <laughs> just, just, I'm just, I'm just, right, right. I, I hate talking about these people because these matches suck. But like, Nikki Cross, good for her superhero training. You know, shit. I would just throw that out there. Rosie doing uh, yeah, hurricane. No, I, I was. I mean, there's, there's the swear jar though. You, you only had yeah, like five I, minutes left, and you could, just couldn't do it. I know. I, uh, I, no, I, I will say, Rick. I just wanted to your point about Nikki Cross. I just think that uh, a, a shelf life. Like that, it, it was weird. It was like when we all liked Nikki Cross and the pairing with Alexa Bliss, they weren't really giving him a lot of, you know, premiere run. And then suddenly, when they saddle her with a gimmick that we're just like, "Yikes, this is not good," they're like, "Yeah, now we'll give her the Raw title, like the, the Raw Women's title. This will be great." And it, 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 sometimes it's so backward. Like, not everything could be a home run. Not everything you you put on TV and not every storyline you do. So yeah, but what are other things that have been given to us that are like Nikki Cross, where it's like. It's almost like they're they're doing the fan service, but then they take it away real quick because that's just kind of how how Vince and WWE operate. They gave us Nikki Cross as this superhero. She's won the title. Now watch how fast it takes. Okay, now this is where you can make a believer out of me or something could happen. But what happens now is what if she loses it fast, which I expect to happen. What if they, they gave the fan service, she won the title, she won money in the bank, which would be stupid to kind of take it off of her at this point because mm -hmm. you do that. That it was all all for not, but who cares? Because that's WWE for you. Here's your fan service. Here's a superhero. She she overcame the odds. She became Miss Money in the Bank. She won the title. Now let's screw her over. Why not? Why not? Right, right. Especially now, if you now, um, Charlotte. <laughs> no, no. And, and speaking of speaking of uh, Charlotte, and that was the other part. It's like Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Those are those are women you could believe could probably kick my ass, your ass, and most of the guys on the WWE roster. Oh my god. But but Nikki Cross. I, it, the reason it doesn't have a shelf life is because you don't believe she could she could square up against a Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte Flair. And speaking of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, if we want to run into that real quick, I know you're not a big Charlotte guy, um, but you if, know. If anybody needs to know, if you don't know, now you know. I hate Charlotte Flair as much as I hate Pat McAfee, and that's with every single boiling blood Fabric in my body. Right, right. Yeah. No, and, and then honestly, with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, you get exactly what she expects. <laughs> um, some of these things aren't as you know notable as others, but but again, Charlotte and Rhea, you know, you're going to get a good match. You're going to get a believable match. Uh, the big thing was her like flipping off the crowd, and and this kind oh, of like attitude era, yeah, this attitude era esque, you know, heel. No, heat. the match was actually, and, you know, it was actually a pretty good match for what it what it was. Yeah, and, and right, what okay, you so expected. you don't like Charlotte. You don't like Charlotte, but you got to give respect to the fact that it probably wasn't in the script for her to flip off the fans. But Charlotte nope. is also aware that she could probably get away with murder, and they still won't do nothing about it. So, like, so exactly. She can flip you know off what? At this PGA. point, I'm expecting her one to obviously beat Ric Flair's 16 title run. She's going to be the one to do it because of how fast they've they've had her climb up that ladder. Like, I hate Charlotte, but 
like that match, as far as a payoff, because again, one of the stories that's been going on is that Charlotte's been injuring like Rhea week in and week out with her leg. So obviously it was leading up to, oh man, she's going to do the figure eight. Like that's it. Once she locks it in, Rhea's going to have no choice but to tap. So mm. I saw what was going to come. I saw the outcome of the match. I saw what was going to happen. And it's like the only thing that saved Rhea was that on that Raw, she she had a, a disqualification to, to save her from keeping the belt because they, they were like, well, yeah, of course you're going to win the belt tonight because guess what? Once Money in the Bank comes, you're losing the belt. So give it to her via disqualification right. and then make the, the stipulation that if you do get disqualification that Money in the Bank, you will lose the belt no matter what. So now Rhea had no choice but to tap into Charlotte Flair and give her the belt. So it was expected. But right. as far right. as the match goes, you know what? I got to give him props because as the most picky person when it comes to Charlotte Flair, I'd never like to say Charlotte Flair had a good match. But her and Rhea have chemistry, and obviously they they brought that A game to Money in the Bank. Despite me not being interested in it, 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 mm-hmm. it was interesting to everybody else. And it Credit. even it gave right, right. me – Credit where credits do is what exactly. you said. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And, exactly. And, uh, and I know we did t- talk briefly about Big E. And his win, so congrats to Big E. It's, it's good to yeah. see him get over. Yeah, we can't contact. talk about but it though the, because the, Peacock kept screwing right. up during well, the well, here's Money the in the tru- Bank. Well, here's the here's the here's the truth about Money in the Bank as well. It's like every other Money in the Bank winner is like is a good thing. It's like it's such a mixed bag now. Of uh, it used to be, guy wins it, waits his turn, cashes in, becomes the champion. It was it was kind no, of they like took the, away a, a runway to to a title run. My but now, but now they had a big turned. moment and they took it away from me because of Peacock, dude. It, to me, no, no, but boobs. you don't know, but, but it's what they do with it afterwards. The, the money in the bank title win or the money in the bank briefcase win is only as good as how you cash it in and how you, how it pays off. Cause winning a ladder match is winning a ladder match. And, we, and we've seen so many money in the bank winners. Now we're like, uh, okay. You know, it's unique when edge does it the first time it's unique when punk did it to edge kind of thing. But like, Hey, you know what i mean how it, it just depends on where they go with it from here and um speaking of the of the antithesis to nikki cross's potential really short-lived title reign let's talk about a title reign that's been going on for a long time and we and we did we did talk about uh you know the john cena zombie, aspect of it for joining us have a great night zombie <clears throat> oh yeah yeah hold on heading out Seriously, yeah, thanks for watching. Hey, we're we're wrapping we're wrapping up here anyways. So, uh, with that, you know, with Roman Reigns and Edge, uh, we kind of me and you kind of touched on this yesterday. And to mm. your point was that, you know, it was just to get to this match, you know, for Edge. Like that was a big and, thing and, too. And Everybody's like, oh, well, we want to see Spear versus Spear. It was one of those things that it was it was bound to happen. Um, and honestly, I I think they actually held off on that the spirit versus spirit thing all the way until the end. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't do as many s- spots circulating around spirit versus spirit counters that I was actually expecting in this match. But the big thing was, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think edge was ever going to win this match. I don't think that was ever on the table as much as I would love to say it would be nice that had edge won. I just didn't mm-hmm. see it being possible with the fact that he has so much momentum going into this match with the Usus interfering with him week in and week out he'd come out and he would basically just tear up the, the table and then he would even like get it in on, on Roman. And you know how things work. If a guy sets up a table, chances are that guy's going through the table. So much like that, Edge getting the advantage through the SmackDowns, whether it's coming out and beat up Roman and getting his hands on mm-hmm. Roman or beating up Jimmy and Jay, 
It was all leading to that Edge was not going to win. And that's what I knew was going to happen because Edge had all this momentum going in where it's like, oh, he's going to get his hands on me. There was no way in hell, and I say that with Vince McMahon, no way, no chance in hell that <laughs> that, that Edge was going to win the, the, the Universal title because of that. Right. Roman's your boy. No, and Rick, not- Rick, Rick, also to your point, if they were going to make Edge the champion, they would have already done it. Like it, it, the the time for that has passed. So uh huh. And and this was a good way to. But look at what it did. So this was a, a very good way. And this is what kind of it, it shocked me, but it shouldn't have. It's it's just shame on me for not paying attention and just realizing that they could still do this. I forget that because John Moxley's an AEW that I write off the shield completely. But there are still two members of the shield that are there that are bound to help each other and cross paths because that's your 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 Randy Orton and John Cena, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. I keep forgetting that like Seth Rollins, just keep him in your back pocket from now on because that guy's going to be the guy that when you don't think he's going to come out and interfere with something Roman Reigns, he's going to do it. That's that's their that's their their right. opportunity to get that shock factor which, you know, and then he obviously had a run in with 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 Edge. So it was all connected. It was all mm-hmm. correlated together and it's going to set up for SummerSlam now. You got two big matches set up. You've got Edge versus Seth Rollins for SummerSlam, and obviously with John Cena returning and getting the biggest <laughs> pop of the night, you're gonna you're gonna have right. Seth you're gonna have Seth Rollins and Edge, and you're gonna have John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Is John Cena gonna win? Probably not, but <laughs> you could have uh, two great matches. But 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 you're gonna tune in to see if if Cena can win because that's the thing whether he will or not. The point is, like, how are they going to put Roman over Cena in this in this setting? How do you do that? How do you bring Cena in just to put Roman over? Like, that's that's the draw. So, uh, with that, I mean, that concludes Money in the Bank for sure. Um, with that, Rick, I mean, you, you uh, I appreciate everybody's participation in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Um, you know, Rick, let them know. Tell them where they can find us. If you guys want to find us next week, we are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on Rhode Island Broadcasting. You can find us on Sports Unfolded. You can even find us on Facebook at The Wrestling Den. If you want to see me just tweet hilarious stuff during pay-per-views or if I happen to be watching Raw, no SmackDown. I will not watch Pat McAfee. But if you want to, if you want to follow our Twitter, we have at Wrestling Den TM. So that's a, a good popular place to find me talking mad trash. But... <laughs> As far as our, our wrestling thing goes, we like to post stuff. We like to post polls. So we're probably going to have a poll. Uh, you know, who do you think did it best this week? Honestly, I don't think this week was more of a matter of uh, me versus Nick for the title because that's kind of the running gag is, you know, is Nick going to take my belt for me? Maybe. As far as tonight goes, I think, if anything, there was so much solidarity tonight that, like, me and Nick have been eye to eye. So I think next week uh, – you want, you're going to want to tune in because we are going to finish up. We're going to wrap up the 50 greatest tag teams of all time. I think we're going to go from 25 to 1 next week. Uh, you definitely want to see that. And, and the forming of this tag team right here, the Mega Powers. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great thing to watch next week. Yeah. Yeah, get the Mega Powers. Mean Gene, Mean Gene, Mean Green Screen, Mean Gene. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's 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 no, a fun time. No, the other thing, Rick, is is is, is uh, you know, join us next week. You can find us right here back same same Matt time, same Matt channel. As far as the wrestling den goes, so we appreciate you guys coming out. Seriously, this has been a great a great episode, and, and we can't have you know we couldn't have done it without all of you guys showing up and participating. I thank you guys. I thank you all coming out. Uh, my boy Joey, we're gonna give a shout out to Papa Nick. We might see you next week, Papa Nick. We got 
We got basically uh, we could be having a, tech, everybody who was participating in the chat. Every, we could be having a tag team match next week <laughs> with Papa Hooks and Papa Nick, dude. Uh, so we can see it. So I do appreciate you all coming out. We we appreciate you coming out. It was it was a great episode. Thanks to you guys. Uh, hopefully we get to see you tuning in the next week. Uh, and uh, as far as that goes, uh, we appreciate you sticking around and and, and have have watched Money in the Bank with us and and, and live coverage. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Well, not not so live coverage. This was live. That was live. This well, yeah, we're live now. Wasn't quite so live. But either way, we'll we'll, we'll live to see you another day.